What's up, Blurbs? Welcome back to another episode of Blur the Lines, the podcast where we're just trying to figure out life's complexities along with you. Today we dive into the mind, how it works, and how we make decisions. I'm CJ, and today I will be talking about The Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin. And I'm Yovan. I'll be tackling Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back. New year, new me, you know. What's your your New Year's resolutions you got here? Um, New Year's resolution. Um, After the last podcast, I realized that I needed to save money. Um, But... I went out and bought this candle, red mango and amber, because uh, there's some things that you just need in life. I needed this candle. This candle. Um, and other than that, let's uh, let's blow up this podcast. Blow yeah. the lines. Let's let's bring let's it to everybody stuff. in the world. What about you? You got any big big plans for 2024? Yeah. So uh, I think 2023 was. If I look back at it, it's not the year I wanted. So I think this year I'm going to be more proactive about like me doing me, mm. um, do more things that make me happy, have more hobbies, and um, try and just be a better me that I could be. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think everyone should have that goal like all the time. People yeah. need to focus on themselves. And yeah, all, all it originally came from. Um, the first podcast we did. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson was yeah. like, just just, just be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Yeah. So I think this year it's like 365 days of, let's say, if I can just be a little bit better than yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think just from the first two books that we read plus the third, I think I'm already implementing them. Like, yeah. I, I think subconsciously, like I'm doing it. I'm, uh, today we talk about like the mind and how to think and, uh, my book, I think I'm already implementing it and just starting the year fresh with uh, yeah. money habits, hobbies, uh, bettering myself, bettering the people around me. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think this podcast is rubbing off on myself and I'm, yeah. I'm not mad about it. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I, I do. I do a little bit. Um, it's also nice having someone to uh, be accountable towards. To, yeah. Like having a girlfriend, yes. But it's more about like enjoying your time, like something that that we're doing like this is kind of hold you accountable for like the bigger things in life, and, like going to the gym and like being your best self. Yeah, I mean, even just even just this podcast, like we're like, okay, we need yeah. to film this. Day. Read the book. Read the book. Finish the book. <laughs> like you need to do it, and we're just I don't know. I think I think we take turns, and I think it's I think it's been good so far. Yeah, me too. Well, let's dive into it. So, give us just a little background of. Uh, who your author was, what the book is, um, just like a little synopsis. Yeah, so I read The Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin. Uh, it was uh, basically, the, the title sums it up, it was about organization. And um, the interesting thing, though, is for a book called The Organized Mind, I found it a little bit disorganized. I, I know that sounds weird, but um, it talks a lot about, you know, the main points of how to stay organized, but it also talks about um, the information overload in the world and how a lot of the information tricks your brain. So it talks a lot about um, uh, different uh, mind hacks and uh, and ways that your mind works that you don't really pick up on on the day to day. So it was pretty interesting. But 
for an organized book, I'd say it's a little bit disorganized, so I kind of had to pay attention a little bit more to this one. Yeah. What about you? Um, so this week I covered Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, like the book title entails, it's a super well-known book. Uh, millions of people have read it. Yeah. Um, he's one of the most cited authors on nature, actually. Hmm. Which is actually crazy. So, like, every year they give out a statistics of how many people cited your work. And um, he's one of the top few up there. So, hmm. he did a lot of uh, work in um, philosophy and psychology and uh, the way of thinking, how people make choices. So, hmm. like, specialized in choices. But going to his book, I actually really like how he wrote, wrote this one. <coughs> so... Some of the previous books has been very like technical and stuff, but mm -hmm. this book, even though it was an audiobook, still comes with a little like page, um, like a PDF that you can view that has like examples of what he's talking about and things like that. So I was looking at these um, examples as I was following along. Um, but did you you listen to it and was there a video along with it where you could see the examples or how did that? That's the PDF. So it will tell you a look at figure five, the PDF. Gotcha. Okay. Um, which um, it, it was very simply put, and he made it super, super like realistic. Like it, it's so applicable to everyday lives, mm -hmm. and um, it's whole. Synopsis. So it's kind of like how Stephen Covey did it in, um, in the Seven Habits, where yeah. it as you went along, there were super um, uh, relatable examples that you could. Yeah. easily see yourself implementing yeah he, he, that's nice it makes it super easy to understand but um the the whole like purpose or synopsis of this book um if i could just give it out in like one sentence or two um is that in your mind there's like the automatic choice making system which he calls system one so the fast thinking and then there's the um, energy consuming slow thinking which um, uses your energy and things like that to do uh, but I'll get a little bit more into it later it's interested to hear about that yeah because the, the thing about these two books is the last two that we we did or the last two podcasts the, the books were basically carbon copies of each other like they're they were very similar in the in what they were trying to express, but very a uh, little bit different in how yeah. they were expressed. Yeah, um, but I mean, even like episode two, the one book was actually based on the other. Well, it wasn't based on it, but they mentioned it in it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just assumed, like, you were like, yeah, this is my the same book. My takeaway is it was kind of based on. <laughs> um, but this one's a little bit different because yours is a way of thinking, mm. and, or ways of thinking, and mine is... Uh, supposed to be more geared toward uh like an organized organized mind and how um how to best utilize that for life which i th i think are actually pretty different topics so i'm interested to see how how they kind of ebb yeah, and flow uh, in and out of each other yeah um but yeah let's get right into it um All right. tell me a little bit about yours maybe one like key takeaway so, some uh your favorite aspect of it all right so th this book kind of hits home for me because it talks a lot about 
um, you know, uh, attention deficit and uh, hyperactive activity, so ADHD and ADD. Um, and that kind of hits home for me because I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm pretty scatterbrained myself. And one thing um, that it talks to a lot is multitasking and how it is a complete myth. You, nobody can multitask. Your brain just turns on and off different switches when you're trying to concentrate on multiple different things. So if I'm reading an email and also, um, and also working on an Excel spreadsheet, like I think I'm doing both at the same time, but no, I'm, I'm okay. Turn off for the Excel, turn on for the email, turn off for the email, turn on for the Excel. And it's just doing it at a super fast rate. So anybody who's trying to multitask is actually being counterproductive. Um, he talks a lot to, it's best to focus on the one thing, get it done, and then move on to the next thing. Um, because as you were talking about uh, depleting energy, he talks about a lot about like glucose levels and how your <laughs> glucose storage is depleted as uh, as you're trying to multitask. So me focusing on reading a book versus, oh, read my book, oh, go on Instagram, read my book, go, uh, um, go make dinner. Like all those things are... Uh, depleting my glucose levels and my concentration and actually I'll feel more tired if I'm trying to multitask but your brain has these uh, is just addicted to the dopamine that it gives you when you think oh I did I did this 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 and this today but really y you didn't do all those things to the fullest potential yeah like, there was a lot that was left on the table but you think your, your, your mind tricks you into thinking this was productive because you did so you worked on so many different things you didn't complete them you worked on so many different things yeah it's um <laughs> what you just mentioned is chapter two of the book yeah. <laughs> i'm um, telling you it's gonna be, it's well, gonna be interesting. It's, it goes between chapter like two and three so yeah in my book chapter two goes about attention and mm -hmm. effort mm -hmm. and um he talks about um how thinking is mental effort so it's a mental strain um on your brain and it does mention the the glucose levels too mm -hmm. and the study that was done on um how people who um have reduced glucose levels actually have like harder it's harder for them to make decisions mm -hmm. because deciding like i said he, he did a lot of work in decisions it says like deciding is probably one of the um most stren strenuous activities of the brain yeah but um, it was so funny. I was just listening to this, and um, like I said, it's New Year, New Me, like better myself, yeah. and like uh, stick to strict diets and stuff. So he talked about about self control, and self control is deciding against um, your like fast brain. Your fast brain just wants candy, blah 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 mm. blah. Got yeah yeah, and so on and so forth. So um, he says self control actually depletes your glucose levels um, um, and when your glucose levels are depleted um, your brain struggles to keep those decisions against because after it's it's like tired after it makes those uh, yeah. slower decisions I mean, and it wants at just the, like quick, at the end of your quick. work day you made a bunch of decisions yeah. you had to do some math yeah. stuff like that so the glucose levels in your brain are depleted mm -hmm. um, and when your glucose levels are depleted, um, your automatic, so system one, as he calls it, um, just like it's the 
automatic, like, spontaneous, like, um, eat some candy, eat this, do yeah. this, don't worry, like, uh, um, and that spikes you, up you your can cheat. A no, bit. you can cheat uh, on your meal, like, you mm. don't have to, like, remain self-controlled, decide, it's the harder choice, um, but for me, it, it was actually kind of funny, because, um, the study that, that they did, that he describes, or talked about, uh, the performance, uh, the, uh, there were actually two things, um, I'll do the performance one first. So they did a, a study with, um, like, uh, they got a bunch of teenagers or maybe like university pupils to um, take a test. Um, but for the one group of them, they fed them sugar water mm. uh, right before the test. And they statistically outperformed um, the control group that didn't have anything right before their test hmm. which is kind of interesting because whenever I used to take tests in high school yeah I would like chow down <laughs> really I would like eat like crazy um, but I was but eat sugar based food or just I mean like regular every food contains glucose it doesn't have to be sugar um, having it in the sugar water form just makes sure that it gets there fast yeah. yeah so like your body absorbs it way more quickly because mm -hmm. it's in this uh, efficient form for you to absorb gotcha yeah that makes sense um but you can eat a potato right before it it will be the same <laughs> it might just take a little longer yeah but you also feel like Ugh. <laughs> um, um that, that's interesting though because like so their bodies because they just had that spike of glucose they have th their body is uh thinks that it's sufficient enough to make those slower decisions and it it has a higher stores than yeah. than the people without the sugar water i'm actually gonna get back to this a little bit later because i realized like i'm talking from a reference of system one and two um and like i haven't really defined it well just yet okay um but just coming that, that back to the point of like having glucose and he says um uh you need glucose to well you don't need what i read is hey like if you need self-control like if you're on a diet you have to drink sugar water <laughs> I don't know if that's what he was trying to say. I don't think that's what he was getting what at. saying, like, the more sugar water you drink, the, the probably easier it is to remain to your diet. So, mm. if anyone wants a tip on uh, dietary <laughs> requirements... Uh, again, we're not a dietary uh, podcast, so don't take any of this to heart. But, yeah, no. you know, if you want to try it, let us know. Uh, email us or tag us in, uh, in your diet hacks. And if that works for you, then let us know. It'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Maybe you should try it. Yeah. And then on the next podcast, we'll talk about it. We'll say, how's, how's it going? Are you? Do you feel like you're sticking to your diet better? Yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's funny because <laughs> now we have to include sugar water in your diet, which is like juices. So. Totally counterproductive, but... Yeah, so diet cokes. No, not diet. Not normal cokes. Normal cokes. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Um, But coming back, sorry, to... um. Just a quick example of how System 1 and 2 works. So System 1 um, is the automatic um, it automatic response of your brain and your body. So he says your brain and body go together. Um, but for example, uh, in his figure, so this PDF that he had, he has a figure of like, I'm just going to describe it to the people here because uh, I can't show it. But it's a, it's a sketch of a woman with frown on her face she's grinning like biting on her teeth 
Or mouth is pulled can, down. Can you just like face the camera and try to no. <laughs> try to? I want, I want to. I want you to show him what you saw. Like her nose is like scrunched up. Yeah. Um, and the question is like, if you saw this face immediately, what's your first reaction? She's angry. Correct. Perfect. Thank you. Um, that's your that's your figure. I mean, your description was one. just so good. I I, yeah. I had to get that right. <laughs> system one automatic response. Um, so like. It gives more examples of it. So, uh, determining the distance of a tennis ball, mm-hmm. automatic, like your brain calculates it basically automatic based on what you know. So, like the size of it. That's like that uh, that brain games episode that we watched the, last week with the with the basketball and how the shadows changed your perception of what the ball was doing. Yeah. Like it was rolling, but if there's yeah. a shadow, yeah. it looked like it was bouncing or it was being thrown. Yeah. So. Um, Brain games, I think, is based on this guy's research. Hmm. So all those little illusions and things, a lot of them are in the bug, which really? is kind of cool. Um, then I think in the brain games episode, a lot of people have seen this, but did you remember watching the the people playing basketball, and then you have to count the number of passes in between? Yes, but then there's like a gorilla that runs. A gorilla that yes, you didn't see. they talk about that in this book yeah, as well. So, um, that is also a part of um, system one, which is you're focused on doing the task, mm-hmm. so you kind of become blind. But I'll, I'll hit on that a little bit later too. But it's even that competition sense, like that's what they talk about in this book, is that exact same example. Like yeah. they tell you, Let, let's count that later though. Count the amount yeah. of basketballs. Um, but sy- system one also goes. Um, if I give a bunch of letters that spell out W A T E R, water, water, like, your brain reads that. Um, uh, system one includes. Driving on an open highway. Uh, have you ever had that feeling where you get home and you're like, "How did I get here? How did I get here?" I was on autopilot. They were. On, they call it the flow. Uh, flow state. Um, and then another example is if I say bread and butter. Yeah. So Cheese. You didn't even think about it. It's it's just automatic. Yeah. Um, but then he goes into system two is what is seventeen times twenty four? Yeah, that takes a lot. Yeah. To, to so. Think about. Um, immediately, he says your eyes are basically the windows into your brain, so your pupils are supposed to dilate. But you could know, okay, 17 times 24 is probably more than 120, and it's probably less than like 1,000. Wow, these books are—they <laughs> talk to a lot of the same things because it talks a lot about estimation, like ballparking. Yeah, trying to ballpark when uh, I think it talks to to Google's um, interview questions, like. They'll say, how much does the Empire State Building weigh? And obviously, it, that's not something people just generally know. But you say, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume 95% is made up of air and, uh, and or 80% is made up of air and 20% is made up of steel. So, and then the, the height of one floor, about 10 feet. And then the width of one floor, maybe 25 feet. And then try to estimate like, oh, there's maybe 30 levels. And then, oh, I'm going to guess the density of this is this. And you can kind of calculate it in your head based on just ballparking. And yeah. that's how a lot of, like, Google interviews go. Where they just want to see how you think. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know if this hit on that as much, but it's, it's mentioned. Um, but then, like, he does talk a lot about, like, um, your pupils would literally dilate when you're mm. thinking. So 
um, he says that there's this test you can you can put a camera or put your book on then actually do like 17 times 24 you want me to actually yeah. do it right okay uh, uh 358 yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's like like i don't know 408 or whatever but system one um is a lot of the skills um that we can share with other animals Mm. um in this then system two now that you understand a little bit more uh, it's it's more attention um, yeah but it's also Your system two can prime your system one. So if I say brace for the starter gun, then you basically like prime yourself to like go. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Um, or system two is look for the woman with white hair in Grand Central. Now, like your system two is priming your system one to pick up like white hair. Yeah, that's like, like where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 look for the guy with the red and white stripes. Yeah. And then, like, more normal examples for System 2 is, like, tell someone your phone number mm-hmm. or, like, do your tax form, stuff like that. Right. It's, like, the actual, like, thinking, like, your brain needs to work, mm-hmm. that type of things. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if we could talk about, so, the next part is talking about um, your System 1 and... Oh, I don't remember if this is actually System 2, but System 1... Um, has a blindness for like situations but your system too has a blindness to the blindness so for example the gorilla video we're talking about mm-hmm. um i'm just gonna phrase it real quick so for the listeners so yeah uh, we- we've both seen it but um i encourage you to go find it there's definitely like videos online but it's um it's a video or a test where there are two teams um i think there's three girls on each side passing two basketballs around so you have to track two different basketballs being passed between two different um basketball player teams um so then the the, like instructor would ask hey count the number of passes um between all the white um shirted tennis i mean basketball players um and it's actually quite interesting everyone almost everyone it's really high percentage people get the correct number of i think it's like 16 in this example but um during the middle of all of these well these six players running around uh, on a court and uh, passing two balls to each other a literal lady in a gorilla suit walks to the middle of the court <laughs> raises her arms and does like a tinkerbell twirl and walks <laughs> off but nearly almost it's like a crazy high percentage of people do not even recognize the mm-hmm. gorilla um they they but this is where the blindness to the blindness comes in is when asked after the video is played um uh, is there anything odd that you saw everyone said no but then the follow-up question was um would you believe us if we said there was a gorilla or something like that um then the people would like think back use system too but they would argue against actually seeing gorilla yeah so the blindness of their like uh first system one um 
your system too also has blindness for that blindness. So it, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to slow down for a second because you described your two systems. This book also has two systems of thinking, and I think you're diving into a couple other topics that this book actually speaks to as well. Okay. So the the two that this book talks to is the central executive mode and then mind wandering mode. So your central executive is. Can in... I guess? Can I guess what these are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so central executive is probably less like bossy guy who gets stuff done you gotta when you're in the mode you're in the mode and you you finish like go clean your room and clean your room type guy or the mind wandering guy is the more like hippie mode where you <laughs> I gotta clean my room sometime this weekend type guy and it barely gets done but some few things get moved that's what it nothing against like. hippies by the way that's what it sounds like um, so you were spot on with the first one. Oh. So, <laughs> so your central executive mode is like me on Vyvanse. I am like here and this is all I'm focused on. I have my headphones on and I'm, I'm not even listening to anything. I'm just, I just got a noise canceling to block out everything around me. And I'm just, I'm just going, I'm working on this one, uh, Excel for six hours and I get it done. I crushed it, nailed it the mind wandering is you're walking outside and uh you see uh i don't even know let me think of something uh you see like um a car driving by oh oh did i did i start my car i need to go warm it up i need to make sure i do that before i leave so it's things that you're not actually thinking about but your mind is basically blank. It's not thinking about anything. It's just taking in things around you that makes you think of something else. So um, for that example, like you're not thinking about warming up your car uh, because it's cold outside and you need to do that before you get into it so that it's warm and ready for you when you get in. You're just taking a walk down the street and you see a car and you're like, oh, I gotta warm up my car before I leave work. It's just those things that, that trigger something in your mind, but you're not actually thinking about it. Um, okay, can you give another example of this? I'm not sure if I grasped. Um, so, let's say you're working on a project at work where you need to uh, connect two things together. And you've been working on this project for uh, for a couple days now, and you're just not getting anywhere. But you're, but you're in that... Uh, executive central executive mode like you're just focused on it you're focused on it you're non-stop and then your buddy asks you to go for a hike so you go for a hike you're not you're not thinking about work work. (laughs) no say it's you end on a Friday and now it's Saturday now it's Saturday (laughs) realistic example please (laughs) no and then and now it's the weekend All right, you're not you're trying not to think about it you just your buddy asks you to go for a hike so you go for a hike you get to the top of the mountain and uh, you say to your friend, oh, can I have that water uh, that you put in your bag? And he unbuckles his backpack. And you're like, whoa, buckle. Why, why don't I do like a buckle clip kind of connection? That, that, that might work. But you're not actually thinking about your part or connector. Mm. It's just something triggered an answer in your mind that you weren't thinking clearly enough about when you were in that central executive mode. So 
they talk to you need both of these systems in order to work efficiently that's super interesting and to be organized because there's a lot of times where you are working on something and you're laser focused but you cannot figure out the answer and you say the best thing to do is get up and go for a walk 15 minutes five minutes whatever go for a walk don't think about it Uh, maybe call your mom and talk about whatever clear your head and then come back to it and a lot of people myself included like i i get that i i go away and i sleep on something and then i wake up in the morning fresh and i'm like oh this is really easy why didn't i not think of this like yesterday i just spent three hours for nothing three hours doing this yeah so So, it's really interesting so is it more of a like does it have to be seeing answers Mm -mm. in other things that you're doing no those are just it's more of connecting um different field of your life Mm -hmm. but because you're doing different things um you're you're finding more intuition in the one field or the other yeah and it's not it's not about finding it's not all about finding answers those are just the ones that i think i connect to the most is those aha moments that you yeah you you don't get but uh it's 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 really just about anything like you're just connecting different things and uh so maybe um you you see one thing and it makes you think of another thing and then you think of another thing and then you think of another like it could be a huge long tree of of things but it's just connecting random things in your in your mind because it's it's not focused on one thing it's you're letting your mind wander and it's it's super important to have that and he says that if if people are always laser focused, um, like they, it speaks to people with uh, ADHD. Sometimes they say that when they're uh, when they take their medication, they lose that creativity side of themselves. They lose that creative uh, side because they're never in that mind wandering mode. They're always in that central executive mode. So they're always super focused, but they never get that time to just let their mind wander because the medication literally prevents that like it stops it that's super interesting i am um, i've always wondered um I, I was also like diagnosed with adhd when i was younger mm-hmm. but uh, over time like the medication really really helped at like a certain point of my life mm-hmm. where like i was adjusting to like the new high school stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was like it was super helpful at the time but I feel like the more mature I got the or like the more I grew up the more my brain matured the the less I wanted it until the point where like I I thought that having ADHD it's gonna sound cliche or cheeky or whatever but it, it was almost like almost a superpower. yeah um where yes at the very moment, um, I, I needed to focus super hard in, um, to answer a question on a test or something like that. You mm-hmm. needed to be in that, like, CEO mode, um, which I could have helped, like, it could have helped taking the medication, but I felt like I was a better, um, holistic person mm-hmm. in, like, all the different fields of my life when I didn't take them. Yeah. So then I, like, I, I legitimately, like, just myself like stopped taking it and struggled initially yep but um i found more ways in which um 
like, I need to study and things like that. So I literally, like, this was before, like, Zoom was even a thing. I would send my friends, um, I don't even remember the name. Skype. Skype. Oh. <laughs> I would send my friends, like, Skype call uh, in invites and be like, hey, let's, like, let's study together. So it's, instead of just, like, reading, um, taking notes and things like that, it's more of a conversation. And, like, I felt like that just, like, catered for what my brain needed in, like, an ADHD um, state of mind. So instead of just, like, being laser-focused on one, we would, like, talk about this and that as yeah. we're, like, going through. And I felt that facilitated more of what you were just describing, where you're making connections. Yeah. Not only between different parts of your brain, but uh, like I was making connections between different parts of my brain and someone else, which they would yeah. like, describe their connections. So more like there were more connections in general. Yeah, and I mean, if you're taking a test and you're looking at a question and you're like, "Oh, I've seen this before." Oh, right, we were talking about hot dogs. All right, now how did we how did we get onto hot dogs? And then you can trace it back somehow. And it's it's those little connections that I, I don't know. I found super helpful when I was studying because I was also diagnosed and do have medication but i don't take it all the time but i just started taking it six months ago um and so all through high school and recently diagnosed uh no i was diagnosed a long time ago but didn't really feel like i needed it like i found other ways to quickly uh, there there is a lot of stigma against sorry no no you're good i feel like there is a lot of stigma against people with adhd or that take Concerta, Ritalin, whatever mm-hmm. you guys have here. It's like, um, I mean, in its name itself, like, it's a attention deficit disorder or something. A- ADD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what ADHD is. Uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Oh, yeah. Well, I had that one. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I have that one. I'm just learned how to deal with it yeah i mean there's definitely there were definitely ways that i was able to uh cope with it and uh be able to kind of like turn it on and off like a like a superpower like you were saying where if i needed if i had a class i could drink a cup of coffee and uh that would make me focused like that would I'm the complete opposite there. Yeah, no, that, that stimulant makes oh. me think like in 50 million directions at the same time. Yeah, no, like when I have a cup of coffee in the morning, I am laser focused for, you know, that hour, hour and a half or so. And then when it wears off, well, class is over at that point. So I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> but when, when I'm working, like working eight hours a day, it's not like I can just have seven cups of coffee, coffee. <laughs> and be okay. My heart would explode. Yeah. Um, so th- that's when I that's when I started on it um, was recently um, because I felt that it was actually like holding me back a bit. But I don't take I probably take it two to three times a week um, because I don't think I need it all the time. And I I relate to this like that mind wandering mode. I feel like I need it. Otherwise, mm. I'm I'm just I, I am tired more if. Uh, if I'm always laser focused, like those glucose levels that you were talking yeah. about, like what was that? Uh, type two or no, what was the thinking? What was the the two different types? Oh, system one, system two. system, system two. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, doesn't know what you were asking, <laughs> but um, 
let's actually like dive deeper into that just like a bit um, yeah it's veering off the books right now but um what what have you done like what are some of the techniques that you've actually done like if people had adhd or add mm-hmm. um what are some things that you do i like what i found works really well for me and i guess my roommates kind of like hated it um is if i if i need to go in that ceo mode or I need to like focus and I need to get stuff done. Um, the the main first thing that I would do is I got noise cancelling headphones and I would only play two types of music. I have Avicii, yeah, which I, I listen to when I need to grind out because the paper is due at 12. Yep. <laughs> um, or I listen to this band called King's Kaleidoscope, which they have like instrumental covers mm-hmm. but i would only listen to those two bands if i listen to other music i'll get distracted yeah so i basically found like two bands that i liked um just loved the vichy forever and i started doing work on it mm-hmm. like started doing homework um listening to a vichy and that's when i first realized like hey i know the music well enough that it doesn't distract me mm. um but like I'm not singing with it, like I just vibe with it. Yeah. Um, but then later, like I found this other band who does instrumental covers, but it's kind of weird that they've got like really interestingly um, mesh of symphonic and like mm-hmm. um, jazz, hard rock type music. Interesting. It's they're really interesting. I bet like most people would listen to me like what the heck is this <laughs> um but like when i found them i liked the way they sounded because i used to play music um but they were like they were chill enough for me to like listen to while i'm working so now i, I almost only listen to king's telescope if i need to grind out um but going back sorry to them is their music is so interesting that i feel like it puts me in the ceo mode but it also tickles the the hippie side (laughs) (laughs) or what you call it the mind wandering the mind wandering side (laughs) yeah it's like it's very sporadic it's very like crazy but it like stimulates that mind wandering side of yeah um which is actually kind of I, I started playing with this concept in high school of listening to certain bands mm-hmm. when studying certain subjects. So for history, oh, really? I would listen to this. For, oh, I've never heard of that. Um, I mean, it makes sense. That connection. For those connections. Those so connections. That's how it started. But I realized, like, some bands, like, if there's too many words. Now, now I think about it. Avicii also doesn't have that many words. It's very, like, EDM. Like, yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was really good. So I guess like the words distract me now that I'm saying this out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that didn't work as well. Avicii worked well, but then King's Kaleidoscope Instrumentals yeah. works fantastic. It's phenomenal. I could work for like eight hours like straight. Hmm. Yeah. See, it's funny that you mentioned music because that was that was mine as well. Music is a big outlet for me to. If I need to focus, I need to grind something out. I have my headphones on and I am I'm listening to music. Unlike you though, maybe I should have maybe I should try it is I don't have a specific 
band or artist that I listen to to get into that mode. Um, maybe it would be helpful to, to have something that's, okay, I need to focus. Let me put on this on repeat. Let me put on Taylor Swift on, on repeat. But, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. um, but like I'll put on just country music and I, I don't know. The words don't distract me. They like, I don't know. They get, me, they get me fired up. And I, I don't know what it is about the, the stimulants because it's the coffee. It's the, the uh, uh, like bump in music kind of thing that gets me just amped up and I'm ready to go. It's like, it's almost like getting ready for a, a big game. Like I'm just getting amped up. Like anytime before a test, I listened to the highest like upbeat songs that I could. And I, my roommates would get so mad because I would have it on full blast on the speaker in my room. And I'm just like, let's go getting hyped up to take a freaking final exam. And, uh, but, it, but it worked. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it, what, what it is about music. Um, I, I don't really go for the instrumentals as much. Um, but just anything upbeat, um, I, it just gets me really laser focused. So music and coffee were, uh, probably the biggest things and then also those 10 minute five minute walks like uh mm. we have we have the uh, the little pond outside our our work where i would just i would just go for walks and then in the winter time it would be a little bit tougher so i'd put on music or i'd just go walk around the the hallway a little bit um just to again get away for a second come back okay now you have 30 more minutes to to focus and I could get that in like small sections. It was just tough for an eight hour yeah. day. Yeah. So music, mm -hmm. um, the other technique is working with friends. Yeah. hundred percent. Major improvement. And, uh, anyone that has ADHD, if, if you guys can, you can't like, again, keep each other accountable. Like I mentioned earlier, where like, if you veer off a little bit, the other one brings you back. That was a really big help for me, um, or a really big realization on like, I can really do well if I just work with friends, get Skype calls or whatever. Yeah, because I, I mean, I get like if I'm by myself, I'm that, I'm checking everything around me and all all the like YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and I'm just I'm I, I, there's so many different things yeah. which this book talks to a lot, but there's so many different things where if I'm just by myself. Trying to read a book is, is going to be, like, impossible. Or trying to, like, memorize a textbook or yeah. anything like that. But then something else that worked a little bit for me, but it was too time-consuming, is I did, like, mind mapping, too. Oh, you've talked to me about this. Yeah, so the basic concept of this is similar to the wandering state. <laughs> um, is you put a main... In, in the center of your page, you would put, like, your main topic. So... We can talk like human biology. Um, then you'd create lines, and that would be like a subtopic. So it's like digestive system, and then from that you create like three more lines, and then you put stomach, esophagus, um, anything, intestine, <laughs> uh, duodenum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the concept of it is it's a it's a better way for your brain to make connections between the pages of your book mm. so these would also then intersect at different points so you'd be like duodenum but also intersects from the pancreas 
um, because that's where the bile gets secreted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's these concepts. They work really well if you have the time to make them. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I think that's that's really good, though. The, the connection part of it yeah. is, is huge because you're just thinking in your head, okay, mind map, where do I go? Oh, this was written in the top right corner. Okay, I see it. Where does it go from there? Yeah. It, it creates a literal it. map, like an That's image really cool. that you can remember. Yeah. Um, so, I, like I said, I tried that, but I, I'm way, way, way too uh, procrastinatory or whatever you want to say. Procrastinate too much. So, like, it's hard to cram with mind mapping. Yeah. But it works I mean, um, that's that. That's like the executive disorder that most people with uh, ADHD have. Like, they don't have the... I don't know if it's willpower or whatever it is, but they put things off until they're under pressure. And once they're under pressure, it's laser-focused, and they have that executive function to just yeah. go, okay, I gotta go. I gotta do this now. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise something bad happens. Um, then... Stimulants, I'm like wary about. Mm. They, they work like pressure for me too. Like pressure, I think, is a stimulant. Like sometimes, definitely get your heart pumping. Yeah, <laughs> that adrenaline when, rush. When there's ten minutes left to twelve, <laughs> and you gotta finish two more pages. Yeah, yeah. or uh, or so, like even off of homework or school. If if someone, uh, if you're having people over in an hour. People go, people go nuts just to clean their entire house to make sure that everything's in order for when somebody gets there. But mm. for some reason, the week before they had, they knew that people were coming over, and they didn't vacuum, they didn't wash the bathroom, they didn't, they yeah, didn't do the yeah. dishes. And the day of, let's do everything. Like that's just yeah. how it goes sometimes. But yeah, so I feel like those are my experiences, or mm-hmm. at least so the my methods of how I got past ADHD. Yeah. I think also how I use it in my Oh oh and the last one um too is I would literally set timers and I did I still do that at work sometimes. Where I'd be like I'd work for like fifty minutes and then like take a timer break. Yep. Um fifty minutes, timer break, fifty like, I mean that's super good for your for your mind. That's exactly what this book talked to is fifty minutes is like the amount of time that one can really focus on something without getting into that mind wandering mode and then take a a 10 minute walk around and then come back and it's 50 minutes like you can do this for 50 minutes you can you can bust through this for 50 minutes and then you get a little break and you can go into that mind wandering mode yeah and then my my last technique which i did throughout college and it, it helped me so much to save time to save energy effort um is I decided that like class time is like CEO mode time, mm-hmm. but like I combined it with this mind wandering state too. So a lot of my professors would put up the homeworks um, the day of class, yeah, and you usually have like a week or till till next class. So I would pull up the homeworks next to um, him teaching or her teaching, um, and. I would go into the class deciding that so if it's a 50 minute class it's like a 50 minute of me focusing trying to do both at the same time and paying absolute attention to what they're saying and taking notes um because i didn't want to spend a single second outside of that classroom 
uh, working, doing homework. Hmm. Um, See, I think that speaks to uh, maybe maybe it worked for you, um, but that speaks to the multitasking thing of like your your brain's just turning on and off between the two things. Like you're trying to do both at once, but it's it's what I would do is like read the question mm-hmm. and like. Obviously, if it's physics or something that I've never seen before, I have no idea what they're asking. Yeah. So I feel like that almost primed my brain to, hey, like, think of this. Like, that wondering, like, how does this make sense? How how can this apply? Then I'm, like, listening to my professors. And mm. as soon as something makes a little bit more sense... I get what you're saying, yep. Um, I'd go back to it and check it out. But You have that connection. Like, you look at the question and you you see a, a, a key word or something and then you're you're listening and you hear that yeah. keyword and it triggers something and then you look back so, something like that mm. so yeah. um yeah i don't know i just it worked really well for just basic understanding yeah i i studied far more in high school than what i did in college yeah i am and I, I feel like that was a big aspect of it where I'm like work in the classroom yeah because most professors like require you to be there anyway yeah and do something else go play a sport <laughs> <laughs> I mean for me the uh, the it was kind of the opposite where uh, I would learn it in class try to focus you know take take notes um, have my coffee so I so I'm there I'm focused and then I would have that mind wandering state or mind wandering mode while I was doing the homework and then be like oh I remember they said this where was that where was I and it's almost like a mind map it's a vivid image in my head of okay I was sitting here the the, the whiteboard was here the the answer to my question is is somewhere over here like I don't know it's a it was a visual in my head, and I it's had this. there, but you can't see it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's it is, but I think it's right there. Um, no, when uh, when I was taking tests, a lot of the times that would happen, I'd be like, okay, I remember this was on this page, uh, middle of the page. Okay, let me let me see where it is. There was a picture of this, and I I drew a picture of this while I was reading it. Um, so it's that mind wandering, but also uh, something else that was really helpful for me and i i don't know if this was uh you as a kid either but uh i was always busy like always my entire day up until like uh end of college was do this go here go here have a meeting have lunch go here go here and then it's nine o'clock at night and so i was forced to be very good at time management which uh, like help me be in that executive mode when I needed to be because I was so busy throughout the day that I only had three hours to do my homework or I only had an hour to do my homework or study for a quiz so it was like it's now or never you have to do it so I was always kind of in that pressured yeah. Uh, sense yeah I think that's a lot like me yeah and- yeah. That helped me out a lot. And then it was it was weird leaving college because my my time was work and then go home and you just have like six hours before you have to before you go to bed. Go know, I'm gonna know. go take a nap. I'm gonna go sit experience. Home. Um my senior year of, of college, no, grad year. Yeah. Uh, I would leave 
for swimming uh, 5.30 in the morning. And my whole day would be scheduled maximum, maximum an hour break anywhere in a normal day. Mm-hmm. Maximum an hour break. Um, and then my last class would end at 9 p.m. every night. Yeah. So it's from 5.30 to 9 every single day, five days a week. It was easier than what it is working nine to five. Yeah, yeah. Because, (laughs) and also I I think too, because it's all different things. So like for for you, for example, you're, you're, you're in swim mode. That's one part of your brain. That's your body, your physical aspect. Then you you go to your internship, and now you're thinking about something about about the task at hand. And then you go to a class. Oh, swimming again. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> okay. I didn't actually. It's, I don't know your entire my, schedule my, my by day heart. Was lift in the morning. Yeah. Swim after. So hour lift, like two hours swim. Yeah. Internship. Um. Got back. Some days I had afternoon classes I mean like mid-afternoon classes Mm -hmm. rarely it's like once a week Um, but then I would go home eat quick after my internship swim get out go to 6.30 to 9pm class yeah and I 6.30 to 9pm every single day because that's just how grad grad classes were yeah and that but that's the thing like you're using different parts of your brain so it's not it's not so boring for your mind. Yeah, like it's no, always, no, no, no. it's always on. It's always active. Whereas when you're working nine to five, you're always thinking about the same thing for that chunk of time. Unless it, you're like us, where we we kind of work on a bunch of different things, which is why I like where we work now because we do we work on a bunch of different projects. Oh, someone needs help over here. All right, well, let's go. Like it helps my brain stay active on a lot of different things at one time. Or be able to switch from one topic to another easily. <laughs> there, my brain wandered again. <laughs> um, uh, I want to get back into my book. Just one again. Yeah, um, no, we should we should get back into, but, but, into the book that we actually so, read. Um, but I hope that was helpful. If it I, if I it was helpful like, to anybody, let us know. Yeah, I feel like your CEO mode and almost my no, they're similar, but they aren't the same. Your, your two your two ways of thinking. No, I don't think that no. they're the same. They're, they're similar. They're similar in like the fast acting, like the the executive mode is like your system system two um, for you because it, it it depletes that glucose level. Like you're you're focused on a on a task and you're just like you're a, you're soaking up everything and you're just getting tired at the end of it. Almost almost. Um, this is a perfect segue to what I was wanted to talk. So. Um, a big aspect of system two is that it says it's it's the lazy um, trait. So out of the two, your system two is super lazy because it's energy consuming. It tries to conserve as much energy as possible. So your system mm. two will always, well, nearly always, um, take the laziest route to an uh, to complete a task. Yeah. Um, so um, they do say that. Um, he describes it as uh, there's a natural walking speed, right? Um, if you go on a stroll, uh, you'll be able to think. You'll be able to do math sums. If we're just on a stroll at your walking speed, uh, I can ask you what 17 times 24. Mm-hmm. And 
you'll be able to figure out. Oh, 408, whatever it is. I want to look it up now. Yeah. <laughs> what is it actually? Isn't it crazy that like what did I say we don't know? One? I think I said three fifty-eight. What is it? Seventeen times twenty-four. I think it's so. Four oh eight. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, but oh. like he says, that's the stroll, which you can't think. So the stroll is you in your um, system two at its flow state. So the flow state is the brain's stroll state. Yeah. If he says. If you go and ask a person to walk just slower than comfortable or just faster than comfortable, go try and do like another math sum again. He says it's incredibly, it's like way more difficult than what you can think. If you actually have to walk just a little bit faster than normal. But if you think about it, have you ever tried to do like math when you're like running or something like that? No, I've never tried to do math while I'm running. I'm running. You've never, you don't run? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But, no, I clearly don't do math, though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so, he describes the system, too, can go into the flow state, which is the state of effortless concentration. Yeah. So, the flow state, which, remember earlier, I gave a couple examples of systems on, too, and flow state typically is um, seen when when driving a car on an open road where like you're you're doing everything you're actually like performing a miracle of changing gears if you have if, you're if, if you have a manual car and yeah. driving keeping your like center of gravity in the lane i don't know well if, if, if you go around a curve let's just say that we're staying in the lane <laughs> yeah I'm not doing anything about the center of gravity <laughs> the car's doing that well I mean if you turn too fast it's gonna bloop. well yeah true um so all of that's going on but yeah your brain is just in the state of like effortless concentration yeah I mean this book talks that too and it's it's the uh attentional filter is what it calls it here and it's basically, you know, you're in that flow state, you're driving down the road, and then all of a sudden the road gets bumpy. Oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> the, what, what was that? Like, your brain doesn't pick up on, oh, it's a smooth road. Your brain picks up on the change. It, it picks up on new things. It picks up on things that are out of the ordinary. So, like, if you walk into a room, have you ever walked into a room and you're like, something's different? Yeah. Something, something's weird. So, but your brain isn't going to walk into your bedroom and be like, oh, everything's the same nice <laughs> you don't think that you don't think I, I, I don't think that anyway like i've never thought that i've never walked into a room like, yeah me coming wow, back this, is, this week this is the same Whoa, it's clean <laughs> <laughs> it's because i have an organized mind now yeah, nice. <laughs> um no but that exactly you came in and you're like whoa it's clean like something's different but you wouldn't come in and be like oh my it's sock still is dirty. still there <laughs> like no you're not gonna think that yeah. um so yeah, it's that it's that flow state that I think that you're speaking to is, but it's just called the, the attentional filter. In your book, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. So that that leads into the all forms on, of voluntary effort being cognitive, emotional, physical, draws from a pool of your mental energy. Hmm. So if you break that down, like anything that you do does require that mental energy, does require that glucose. Um, if it like he says emotional cognitive or physical um, which I found interesting like I would think mental energy is only thinking thinking yeah but 
he says physical movements and stuff like that also draw from that same pool of energy I mean I guess it is still thinking though right is it saying that you're you're thinking about your physical movements or or just your fit like if I if I go I think, for a run I think here we I won't go. be able to think straight no here, here we go I think you are mentally drained if you were to go for a run right now mm-hmm. you'll be physically like muscles but I think you'd also be mentally drained because you don't run often so you don't go into that flow state right it's like us if we go play some ping pong it's nothing that we normally do um so i think it drains from your mental energy to actually hit the ball yeah stuff yeah like you're, that. you're just using a different part of wait i guess physically you're using different muscles yeah. but mentally your your brain is like wait i don't normally do this i need to think about okay backhand forehand what, stuff, whatever stuff like that yeah, yeah like but you're actually thinking I think about the, it. the same is for like any physical activity like um we were talking about habits to in some prior um in the first episode yeah yeah and like um jordan peterson also said that your habits should become automatic yeah um and i think this relates to the same thing where um if you go to the gym every day the day that you don't go is, is when you're like what am i doing like it's weird yeah like something's wrong something feels <laughs> wrong like yeah um because you get into the, such a habit that like doing like a barbell bench press it's you've done it so many times that it's not a mental effort for you to do anymore but right. it's just a physical exercise right yeah this i mean um this book they it basically so going into the information overload um uh part of this book and the decision making you you spoke to it a little while ago where uh the amount of decisions that you make in a day is absurd you you wake up and you're and you're already deciding stuff you're deciding oh you decide I'm, to wake up uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'm getting up oh i'm gonna check my text messages i'm gonna put on my socks i'm gonna put on my pants i'm gonna i'm gonna brush my teeth and i'm gonna go to work like all in the matter of what 10 minutes oh oh i'm also gonna go to the gym oh i gotta do this oh i gotta do this oh i gotta t- take out the garbage when i go to the gym um so i don't forget to do that because it's trash day all these things can run through a person's head and Way probably more. way more i think it's way more like for it, example like what shirt yeah don't feel like this shirt yeah. yeah i mean that's why like uh people will lay out or uh, like people have other people lay out clothes for them and it's like okay i don't even have to think about this this is what i'm wearing and so it's those little things of how can i make these decisions not so mentally taxing and some of it goes to like um what you were saying where it's a habit it's oh, I don't even have to think about it. I know that Tuesday I wear my green socks, like something something silly like that. Mm. Or I go uh, I go to the gym. Um, it's it's uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday, and I go to the gym those days. I don't even have to think about it. I wake up, I go. Um, but it's also little things. So this is I don't think I've really talked about many of the tips besides the walk and you know multitasking is a myth. Um, but one of the tips and uh, I told you earlier. This is from your author. This is from the author. Um, one of the tips is to uh, put things in places where it doesn't even have to be a decision at that point. It's the mind wandering and it just, oh, it clicks. Clicks in your head. I mean, I, I put that bag on the door for the shredding so that when I go to work, I have to open that door. I have to touch that bag in order to 
walk out, get my shoes, and go to work. Yeah, what, what he's describing here is uh, I walked into the house and there's a bag full of, like, it looks like garbage to me. Yeah. Like, just hanging from the door. And uh, what, what he's saying is that there's, you put the bag in the way that you can't miss it on your way out. So your one, your wandering brain or wandering state, mind, yeah. personality, <laughs> the hippie yeah. automatically just grabs it as you leave the door. Yeah. Um, and I'm not thinking I think a lot of people do the same thing with like trash. They, yeah. They would like, okay, trash bag, new trash bag, put this at the door so the next day I can just take it out. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we do that too. And, but it, <laughs> I mean, we, we do. And uh, it's, but it's a really good habit to get into of, I don't have to think about this. It's already there. Like, I, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about writing it down so that it sets a reminder so that I actually do it. Because now I have to, one, remember to put the reminder. Two, hear the reminder. Three, turn off the reminder and go do, go grab the remember bag. Remember what the reminder is for. Remember what the reminder is for. Go grab the bag. Now bring it to the car, <clears throat> put it away. Don't put it down before I put it away in the car because otherwise I'm going to forget it. Um, so it's little things like that. And then the other thing is everything has its place. Nothing is out of place. Um, this is huge in this book and huge in life they they speak to my socks go in my sock drawer i'm not taking my socks and i'm gonna put some uh I'm, some are on my dresser and then others are on the bookshelf and then others are in my dresser drawer like no they're always in my sock drawer everybody has a sock drawer oh i'm out of socks they're not going to be anywhere else besides the laundry basket I'm not yeah. just going to have the socks all strewn about like they're in my sock drawer. If they're not there, I probably need to do laundry because <laughs> I've worn them all. Um, so everything needs a place. And I'm, re I'm really bad at this. I, <laughs> I do not have a place <laughs> for Which everything. Which laundry basket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally have two laundry baskets. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm trying to implement now is, is reorganizing and saying, okay, this is going to be my uh, travel bag. This is going to be um, my sock drawer. This is going to be my underwear drawer, my shirts drawer. My Oh, my nice shirts are going to get hung up. Um, like all those little things. So I know where everything is. And if I think in my brain, okay, what's the category? Another thing, categorize all of your items. So what's the category? Clothes. Okay, probably in my room. All right, now uh, uh, socks. Okay, dresser bottom right drawer okay got it so it's having all those all those places and not a bunch of junk drawers they say in the book only have one junk drawer i have one in every room <laughs> Jeez, no. i i've always had a drunk drawer that's actually really funny it's a drunk drawer where it's just everything is just in there like any, yeah but any little nuancey little gift that someone gave me i don't know it's just in a drunk drawer but i think at least it's easier to implement for like your things at home for example like your clothes mm -hmm. a lot of people probably 90% of people get that right with my clothing I would hope so yeah but I think it's applying that to like the more important things of your life yeah um, where it, it, for me it's like I do the same thing with emails it's my emails other 
unread, which means I'm gonna read it, or it's read and deleted if it needed to be. Yeah. Um, if you can apply something like that to more like your work life, um, and keep that um, everything as a place at like work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the chapters in this. Uh, so the chapters in the beginning are separated by like uh, organization at home, organization at work, organization at uh, school. Like it's it's all those different things. So I was speaking to organization at home because right, right. I figured if, you, if I could start at home, then then like work. the the rest of my life can follow. Like one of the things for work is a filing system. So whether it's online or in an actual filing cabinet, like you have okay all these all these papers for. Uh, insurance all these papers for vendor uh names all these whatever and then there's your miscellaneous because my question to you is the junk drawer how often do you go in there and say is there a home for this or should it stay in the drunk drawer i also feel like i'm saying drunk drawer junk drawer (laughs) drawer. uh not that often but i feel like i know when i was putting things in there it's all like random stuff <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing is like you have um like i, I know like i didn't have a place for like i know there's a hammer in there i know yep. there's like a mini handle vacuum on there yep. i know there are batteries in there i yep. know there are zip ties in there yep like i know there are command strips in there i know yeah, there's tape in there hanging things in there yep um like i know i feel like i know what was in there yep um and if there was a place for it i would have put them somewhere else yeah. So I mean, but even even in that case, um, maybe we don't have a place for it. But somebody else, like if you guys out there, they, if you have a screwdriver, a hammer, and uh, a drill, tools, that's a yeah, category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, go find a place for tools. So it's not a junk drawer where you have scotch tape and uh, and a vacuum and all, all these little things. Because the more that you put into your junk drawer you're just going to be like, uh, where was that? I have no idea. It's a tool. Uh, I have tools in the junk drawer, but I also have a tool. I I don't know where that, I had no idea where those are. Yeah. Um, so like one thing I did was I took the, some of the bins or one of the bins and made it like party supplies or holiday. And then that's what that bin is. And it's, not changing that's what it is one is just sports is this one of my bins or <laughs> no one of my bins <laughs> um but it's just it's just like that thing of uh, the other stuff is it's kind of common sense like have a place for something and put it there mm-hmm. and don't put it somewhere else um but the junk drawer thing like i have when, when i have like a file or something and i don't know where it goes like i have one copy of uh uh, a packing list and I need that packing list but I don't have a place for it anywhere in my folders so it's an important document that I don't want to get rid of so miscellaneous but then as soon as I get three or four more packing lists oh I have a, a set of packing lists okay now I should put a folder that says packing lists mm. and do that and then maybe I get three or four from one place packing list from this and organize it from there but it moves from the junk drawer it doesn't just stay there Right, right, right. It's a temporary holding spot mm-hmm. until you can make a, a spot. Yeah. The other thing that I found interesting was multiples of something, which I also started implementing. So I have a water bottle for at home, a water bottle in the car, and a water bottle at work. 
So one travels with me, one stays here, and one is at work. So then I don't need to carry it one place to another, and I'm like, yeah, oh, shoot, I left it at work. Yeah. Oh, it's in the car, which I didn't bring today. Oh, man. So trying, trying yeah. to do these little things. But I think that that'll be super helpful is just having multiples of something so you're not traveling from one place to another with different things. Cause yeah. I put it's, things down all the time. It's um, <laughs> It sounds like it's like remembering. Yeah. Um, and... It doesn't really go along that side, but it just reminded me of um, this author. He was speaking about how memory is uh, like a function of system one. Um, so, which is the the fast fast, fast thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he says like color of the sky. Yeah. Blue. Like you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, that type of memory. Uh, it's not like what year was Hitler born in. Yeah. Um, like best memory is a function of system one, but <clears throat> I wanted to get into this also a little bit. Is um, we're talking about like energy and um, how system two is the lazy one. Mm -hmm. um, and have you ever heard about like the bats and bowl problem? Bat like the the bird like or, or like the no no no. Know? bat and bowl yeah it's a famous it's a famous problem but basically so <clears throat> i said bat like the bird <laughs> like oh the flying <laughs> yeah um that's another so thing to do, do this real quick if you haven't heard about it but, okay um you've you have sorry a bats and bowl together cost a dollar and ten cents the bat costs a dollar more than the bowl how much does the bowl cost ten cents The bat and bowl together is a dollar and ten cents. Yeah. The bat costs a dollar more than the bowl. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Right. Five cents. Perfect. Yeah. That was that was literally perfect. Example. <laughs> so your your system one um can't is wrong a lot of the time yeah it's assumptions it's it's taking in like it uses the information that it has but it doesn't um look at information that it doesn't have yeah um so it immediately like makes a decision and says it mm -hmm. um you would be like fine to find out that they said like 50 percent of harvard yale and like a bu people <laughs> all did the same thing you just did yeah so i'm i went to yale as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but this goes back to like the law of like the least effort so your system one made a decision yeah but your system two can make another decision to check that before you answer mm -hmm. but it doesn't want to because that's more effort your system two is the energy consuming system yeah so um, you basically like have to invest energy to check your system one, hmm. which I thought was was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but then have you ever heard of like the kids and the marshmallow problem or the kids and the cookie? No. So <laughs> they they did this study where um they gave a kid an Oreo. Yeah. Uh, put it in front of him. Said him, you can eat this one, or 
I'll be back in 15 minutes, um, then I'll bring you three. Mm. But if you eat it, I'm not going to give you the three. And um, this was in like controlled room and like no one was in the room. It was just the kid and the cookie. And 15 minutes for a kid is a long time. Yeah. To be just staring at a cookie. Yeah. yeah so obviously, I think like most kids, um, I don't know what the split was. I can't remember. But a lot of the kids um, ate the cookie and some of the kids waited for the three. Mm-hmm. But they, the interesting part of this was like, hey, like you prove that like some wait, some don't, how the brains work. But they redid um, the tests on these people 10 years later. And they found that basically every single kid that could wait or delay its gratification was far more successful in life, like money-wise, job-wise, everything-wise, mm. um, than the other kids that ate the cookie immediately. Mm. Well, that's like your self-restraint uh, thing that you were talking about Yeah, earlier. yeah, yeah. So... Um, it takes energy to keep convincing your your system one to not have the cookie. Yeah. It takes energy to keep pushing away um, any temptations because you're thinking of the long term. Yeah. Because um, short term, like you can have that cookie right now. Um, I kind of want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it in that sense, like if I wonder if when you're uh, using that system one or no system two to to say no I'm not going to eat this cookie okay that depletes my energy but your body's a a magnificent thing like so I wonder if your body regulates that and says okay my baseline cannot be uh, I'm just going to put an arbitrary value to this 50 because I just used half of that to not eat that cookie. Now my baseline needs to be 60 so that when I don't eat that cookie, I'm not as mentally or physically drained as I was the last time. And then I'll, I, I'm drained again. Okay, it needs to be more. Okay, it needs to be more. It needs to be more. So the more that you kind of train your body to uh, have that self-restraint and focus on system two in those tough decisions where system one is like i i want this your body kind of regulates and gets used to that depletion and self-corrects almost i wonder if that i don't know i'm not quoting anything i'm just i'm interested to i wonder if that's a thing that would be really cool if your body was like is i wonder if that's why people 15 years later their body was like okay you didn't eat that cookie but you were pretty tired afterwards You, you need uh higher higher levels and then by the time 15 years rolled around they were up here and those people who ate the cookie were their like baseline level was still down here yeah i don't know i don't know too (laughs) (laughs) um uh let me just touch on this next part of uh system one um this one was actually like eye-opening to me Hmm. um and let me just go through the exercise of what they went through is. I'm gonna give you like three arbitrary words, then I'm gonna spell out a word for you, mm-hmm. and you just have to fill in the blank. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna get it wrong. I keep, I no, keep no, doing no, these no. tests, so I'm gonna get no, it all wrong. <laughs> um, if I say like, um, 
cutlery, steak, water, then S-O-P. What is the fourth word? Soap. Did you say soap? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did it wrong, but basically what Was happened, it supposed to be soap? <laughs> it's soup. So oh. if, if you see the words and stuff, um, yeah. you would immediately be... Your, your system one would immediately say soup. It's like the... the uh, what do you eat soup with? A fork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I forget what that the, is. The but, joke, yeah. Yeah, but they keep saying... Uh, f- uh, orc, orc, or something like that. Four, 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 and then fork or something like yeah. that um but <laughs> interesting so this phenomenon is literally called priming so priming is one of the things that persuades your system one so um they talk about the priming there's a lot of things that go, there's a lot of things that go into priming but mm-hmm. um just seeing a word or just seeing someone or seeing someone's face makes you more familiar with it so familiarity is a really big one uh which causes you to um your system one to feel more safe around it so um they referenced this um as like back in the times if we're still living like savannah plains um if you would see like zebras the whole time and nothing really happens then you'd associate a feeling of safety around them Mm -hmm. but if you'd see lions the whole time and one of your family members gets eaten um you'd immediately associate them with danger so you'd immediately become scared if you see a lion's face so priming nowadays is like used like propaganda and is a result of why um this was a youtube video that talked to this too is a result of why these campaigns for elections cost so much because the leaders of the campaigns or the candidates want to get their face out to the people as much as possible so that's why they're speaking at every single state every single day flying all over because they want to increase the familiarity um that you associate them with so right because maybe maybe one time it's it's a negative association but then the next 30 times it's a positive association yeah so statistics (laughs) statistics <laughs> but <laughs> they're they're playing the the gambling game yeah it's it's a gambling game but when you actually like watch the people and stuff like that they're not doing anything really bad um the thing is you're you are probably getting more primed let's say if you're very like left you're probably getting more primed from your left media or mm-hmm. left like friends that you're hanging out with than what you are from like just viewing that's really funny because there was a study in in here and it talked to um so there was a group of republicans a group of democrats and a group of independents or people that were were said to be neutral and uh the the first group they watched a video uh say this is the the republican side and they watched a video and they were asked how did you feel about that and they said, oh, my God, it was so geared toward, uh, like, the Democrat side. And they uh, they, they said all this. And it was super prejudiced uh, toward uh, in a positive way towards the Democrats. And then they said, okay, great, thanks. The Democrats went, oh, my God, that was so prejudiced toward the, the Republican side. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, 
it, it just showed them in in such a uh, such a good light, whatever. And then uh, they the neutrals went and they were like, I, I thought that was a pretty good video. That was pretty evenly even square on both sides and said points to to this side and said points to that side and uh and they all watched the exact same video yeah and it was just to your point that priming of what they saw their their tunnel vision basically turned on and said oh well this is all about like but in reality like the people who were said to be neutral they said uh, no, this is. There were five points set on this on the Republican side and five points set on the Democratic side, and that was good. But <laughs> people just don't see that. Yeah, um, that is that gets into. Um, he has this long term for it, and he has a, a little um, acronym or whatever. But it's it's what you see is all there is, as the phrase he uses. So mm-hmm. What you see is all there is. Um, Meaning that, like, this goes back to you're, you're blind to the information that you can't see. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like what you see is all there is. So if you only uh, take emotions or feel anger be- because of the five Republican points or because of the five, um, you're only going to see that, that. So you're yeah. only going to have issues with that. But um, just want to touch on Prime, which... I want to highlight this section because it's it's actually pretty scary. Um, so they primed people with the notions of the thoughts of money. Okay. Um, before conducting tests on them. Yeah. So money primed people. So people who think of money. Um, they did this with like monopoly money, priming a person. They had like dollar bills falling as screensavers Mm -hmm. so it's like priming can be like very like different things Mm -hmm. it can can be like visual some are subtle and some are and some are little words like invest or stuff like that yep um or get rich stuff like that and they found that the the money primed people exhibited far more individualistic traits and characteristics when they were put in situations. So, for example, like, individualistic, I mean, like, it's selfish, they're less helpful, and they're, like, um, less emotional towards other people. These are the people that were primed. The money-primed people. Yeah. So, the people were primed with money, so, like, get rich. Yeah. Um, Then they would have uh, a woman carrying pencils, drop all her pencils, but all the money-primed people would statistically pick up less pencils and help the person less than the other candidates would prime to other things. Wow. That's great. Like, you literally become more, like, Like selfish. a different person. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, in that case, it was selfish. But just in general, you just become a different person based on the... I'm just going to say propaganda because that's... Money propaganda. Like, but, yeah, it's what it is. It's just things that are shown to you and it, it just, like, changes the way that you're mentally wired, almost. Isn't that nuts? That's horrifying. That's crazy. And it's like, these things, it's subtle. It's screensavers on screens that you walk by or, yeah. like, anything. 
that's absolutely horrifying to think that in a week's time I could think completely different because of the ads I see or like yeah. something something that I see subconsciously that primes me. Yeah. But again, priming works more on your um, system one. So it's still my neural circuits. It, yeah, it's it's your fast thinking. But like, if someone falls, like to go in and help them or mm. do do something like that, I I don't know. It definitely probably does because your system one is basically your first voice for your system two, and then your system two checks in. Yeah. So I don't know. I was when I heard that, I'm like, oof, that's kind of scary. Well, I mean, there's uh, the the study of. Um, the people who they they interviewed two groups of people and so one group they said uh, uh, they were testing their memory and I think you hit on this a little while ago but bring it back um, they they tested their memory and they said um, how fast was the car going when uh, when they hit how far how fast was the red car going when they hit the blue car I don't know if that's exactly what it is but something like that and then they said to another group they said how fast was the red car going when they smashed into the blue car? Mm. And is that word change and the word association smashed? It seems way more aggressive than hit. So the average speed that was said was higher for the group that said that was told or asked how fast was it going when it smashed into the blue car versus the other group who they just said hit. So it literally can change your core memory of what you saw based yeah. on what is said to you um yeah. and people people will also say you know um i remember it this way but someone else remembers it another way and like i forget what the study was but you're primed and to your to your word primed uh to think something happened that didn't actually happen yeah no that's like that's literally the next chapter too um where they they talk about the cognitive ease and the cognitive strain um and they talk about a bunch of the illusions so the illusion of familiarity is what i touched on a second ago where Mm -hmm. you become more like eased with allowing bad people in your life because you see their face everywhere or something like that um but it's crazy so like these are just examples that i just jotted down but um but this chapter says that the more legible something is for you to read the more believable it is so they would put like oranges are red super legible versus okay this is i'm making something up um versus like oranges are green but then they it's like blurry and it's not good contrast and stuff like that okay and people would just would be like which one's right and i would put like oranges or red just because it looks oh oh i get i get what you're like saying. literally more legible which is crazy like your font choice and stuff then it is the use of context complex language um produces less credibility if you use more complex more language, complex language less. produces less credibility to your statement. So how wouldn't that create more? That this is what I also thought, but um, what I got from the book is that when you use really big words, um, first of all, it seems like you're hiding some stuff, right? 
Um, I, ca I can't make up an example now, but um, what it boils down to, or what it, I thought it boils down to, is the more complex your words are, the Sounds less like system two you have to use. Um, the more system two you have to use. Because now you have to identify what the words mean and how they relate. Oh, so you start so thinking you about it more and you're like, oh, wait, this actually doesn't make any sense. Whereas if someone said, the orange is red. Yeah. It's like, like you're, you're like, okay, yeah, orange is red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you said, yeah, if you said something complex and convoluted about um, the citrusy fruit that is whatever. And it's named said, after a color. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah. Something. And it's a big paragraph that yeah. says the orange is red. Yeah. Hmm. And then things that rhyme are more believable i believe so that word <laughs> word flow makes things more believable yeah um and yeah so i never doubt my boy dr seuss never <laughs> <laughs> green eggs and hair that doesn't What's rhyme green eggs? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so cognitive strain anything that strains your brain mobilizes system two yeah so, so you want people to be in a system one? If you want to thought. convince them something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You, you want them to just don't even doubt anything you're saying. So simple language, stuff like that. I swear, Instagram ads are are all system one. Yeah, like they are all of them. Because I'm um, like, wow, that looks amazing. I need that right now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went a little deep, but um, we were talking about uh, how how phrasing of the words. So this is in your two, it's higher up in the chapter, but um, they showed like how candidates um, were doing interviews mm -hmm. um, and they would say the exact same thing. Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, they would say um, good thing, a good thing, a bad thing, a bad thing. So like, I'm super hardworking. I love to do my job. I struggle with time management and I'm a little bit lazy. Or something like that. Yep. Um, the candidates that put their best things first did way better. Yeah. Than the candidates that put the same thing. So like I'm lazy. Like. Yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah, did way better statistically um, than the candidates that put the bad first than their second. Because well, your brain associates system one is like oh, good, good, good. Okay, I've already familiarized you with good. Yeah. I now have to think about bad yeah they did a similar thing in this and i think uh honestly if that study was done again i think the best way that you could do it is sprinkle in your bad in between a sandwich of good um so what i mean by that is if you said good good bad good or good good bad bad good yeah um because they they did a word association thing in here uh i was listening to it didn't write it down but it was basically i'm gonna give you a list of 10 words and then uh, some of them were associated with each other. Some of them weren't. Some of them were random. Uh, and the basically, it was like, what words do you remember? If you said this, that makes sense because it was the first word we said. If it was this, that makes sense. It was the last word that mm -hmm. we said. If yeah. we said this, that makes sense because it was the most random and absurd thing that we said. Like you have like lettuce tomato avocado uh bacon kangaroo. and then kangaroo yeah something random that's just sprinkled in there whoa that's gonna stick out because out of the flow state the attentional filter um your brain picks that out hmm. yeah uh something uh like 
similar like that mm -hmm. I was said but I felt like it it led into norms surprises and causes so um, if I want to ask you how many animals did Moses take into the ark Moses didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people would associate Moses so all those words make sense together yeah and Moses makes sense because it is a biblical character right and it's got the same like flow like no well Moses type thing so people don't even um, question that oh two by two um, yeah but that goes again between like norms so like it seems normal so your system one like says it's it's normal so your system two is like okay it's normal right because the blind is yeah. blinded by the blinded or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know that's honestly like our, our brains are crazy things where just the tricks that it can easily play on you and you have no idea like you could go your entire life and say that you were correct in this solution when everybody else knows that like Moses didn't take the the animals on the ark yeah and and you're just like yeah that's right i did it <laughs> yeah because no one tells no one if no one tells you you're wrong you're just gonna think that it was right yeah i don't know that's an interesting part of living i guess <laughs> like how, how, do, how do you ever oh, know no. you're really right i knew something was wrong <laughs> the unexpected surprises um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, something that flows into like norms, surprises, and causes. Um, if I give you the sentence, his parents are late, the caterers are expected, John is angry. Tell me a little bit about that. The caterers are late. His, oh, his parents are his, late. His parents are late. The caterers are expected as John is angry. Yeah. Okay, so based on those sentences, um, I would say John is trying to host a party and his parents are late to it and there's no food yet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> did I get it no, right? Normally, what people, and like, this is what I also did, is his parents are late. Do you associate that with being late is like bad? Um, that's why John is angry, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. that's the first thing my brain thought, um, and that's the first thing most people's brains thought. But that is your system one creating causes that didn't exist. Yeah. So your system one fills in the blanks. Yeah. So you only have. And this follows up again to the first thing that's mentioned is uh, blindness. Um, what was it? Blindness. No, you only... What you see is all there is. So, what you see is all there is. You know his parents are late. You know the caterers are expected. But you don't know why John is angry. Right. But what you see is all there is. So your brain fills in the causes behind everything. Right. I mean, like, uh, if, if you're watching a movie and... The ending scene is uh, is two people kissing, 
and then the next scene is them waking up in the same bed in the morning. What's your thought? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Like, you, you think that something more substantial happened than just two people kissing and going to bed. Yeah. Because you're just, you're you're taking yeah. what was given to you and creating your own assumptions in your yeah, head. Yeah, it's, uh, you're creating your own cause, as this book describes it. Yeah. Um, and those causes are, he, like, warns you against causes. Um, hmm. be, especially a lot of causes false causes or what you think is caused by one thing um a lot of that sneaks into uh the scientific literature and stuff like that where yeah i don't know he has this whole spiel about it and it's like <laughs> hmm yeah i mean it's definitely dangerous to just like assume causes uh when you don't actually have the facts yeah I might be mixing this up just because it's a big book, but um, what I you really got into like sampling plans and like um, a lot of literature out there has false sample false sample sizes because yeah. of the belief that something causes the, something the cause, else. Yeah, yeah, they talk about that in this book too. So again, uh, the book is split up into. Uh, organizing your thoughts organizing your life organizing your mind um but also the information overload in the world that we live in so to be very cognizant of the information that is just given to you online um so one one day they're gonna say bread is bad for you the next day they say bread is good for you and you need to look at the samples that they take because if they take enough samples both of those could be true they could have statistical evidence or based on uh like their analysis it could be both statistically significant that bread is good for you and bread is bad for you or white bread is good for you and white bread is bad for you both of those could be true based on the amount of people that they sample or where they sample from um so what was the uh Oh, yeah, this was a, another one. They they say um, it was called selective windowing and where they only show good things and they don't show any bad things. So, like, uh, I don't know uh, if you ever watched, like, SportsCenter, um, but when you watch SportsCenter, they only show basketball players making shots. So you're like, if I want to be in the NBA, I have to never miss. But then you watch a game and... Oh wait, they they miss like fifty percent of the time. Oh okay, I I could I could still do that. That's attainable. Yeah. But yeah, some of the some of the things that it talks about in here of of what you need to be careful of when uh, when looking into different topics or information is where is it coming from? We did this a lot in high school. I don't know if you did too, but uh, going and finding your source is it credible? What like what's the background? Um, it actually gave a. So I was listening to it, so I don't know if these are actually spelled right. I didn't check. Um, so check me online. But uh, rxlist.com and uh, alexa.com can tell you who uses these sites. So if you're looking something up for, uh, you, you just want a general information, and but you're on Google Scholar, 
and you are on uh, a certain article and it said it'll say oh mainly phd students use this use this website or use this article and yeah. cite this article um whereas that's great if you're a phd student or you're a scientist and you need that kind of in-depth information but if you're just the average joe just looking for oh how long do i need to put my chicken in the air fryer for i don't need a whole like article with uh 15 sources on it i can just look it up so to be mindful of that and i i I hadn't heard of this website but no no nor have i but it's interesting for sure yeah i um it it kind of maybe no maybe from what you said earlier um it goes into how your uh what are they called the the machine for jumping to conclusions so like your your brain is the machine for jumping into conclusions Mm -hmm. um and we're like again it's like system one is like super gullible like super gullible yeah um seems like it based on the test that i've failed yeah. (laughs) yeah but system two is your system for unbelieving but it is lazy so, yeah, because it doesn't want to work all the time. Yeah, so it's a system that you use to like unbelieve, but you're lazy. It, it doesn't want to work. <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting sick. Um, but that all like leads into like the confirmation bias and stuff like that. And um, I want to point this out because it, it's a it's a big point I think um, that he talks about is the halo effect. Um, where this happens to a lot of like leaders or um, candidates for presidency and stuff like that is where uh, one part of a person makes you believe the whole of it. It's like you are very friendly and kind, but you're bad at organizing and stuff like that. Again, it's oh you're friendly and kind, so you're kind of good. So there's a halo effect on the person because you initially believed that they are friendly and kind so you're less strict on the rest of their characteristics um so it's like the weight of the first impression which we had on earlier um but this is a super cool point that he made um is he said he he started asking people when they're holding meetings uh, like at his job to write like a short like description of your view of these topics blah 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 like give me what you think of them before the meeting yep because um he says that uh, a lot of the time the first one to speak um drives the conversation gets the most credibility and things like that yeah basically creates the flow of the conversation so what he would do is he would get everyone's opinions like right before the meeting like 20 minutes before send me it over like a little paragraph on these topics and yeah um he, he could use that as ways to handle meetings where um the halo effect of the first opinion doesn't outweigh everything else hmm yeah, they, they talked about that in this book too, and I think that's um, that's really interesting because uh, the f- it it is true. Like I've thought back on on meetings and things, and uh, looking at who speaks first. Uh, I think I think you also take into like the credibility of that first person, though. You know, like you you yeah. look at who is speaking. Oh, they've like they have had good ideas in the past, 
So yeah, I, I think there's a little bit. I don't know. I don't there think it's just and everything. It, yeah, and, I mean we've and yeah, in our relationships definitely. and and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think there is just a little bit more to that, or at least that's what I what I thought when I was reading it. I was like, you know, I don't think it's just anybody's random opinions. Like, oh, what do you want for lunch? Oh, kangaroo. Like, I I don't think that everyone's gonna be like, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I I don't think so. Um, but if if you're I don't know. I would I would think about it a little bit more, um, but maybe that's just me. Maybe you know, I have a weird no. Weird brain I, don't, I don't think he's saying that. Uh, also, he's in a very different field. We're we're in engineering, and he's in like psychology, philosophy. Um, so I think like our meetings are like, hey, like let's solve a problem, whereas his meetings are more like, hey, what what do we all think about like um, the way people think. Hmm. I yeah, know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I think I think it'd be a good good thing to to look at in our next couple meetings and just see. Like if, just shut up and see what. Yeah, happens. just <laughs> yeah, just or or we go into our next meeting and we just say the most like random thing, Outrageous right? Just stuff. just to start out and see if people are like. Yeah, we just mess with everyone and say oh yeah th- this has got to be the answer because i had a like it's got to be like a turkey sandwich or something and just say something outrageous and pe- and we just agree with each other and people are like you know i think he's got a point i, <laughs> I think that would be really funny that would be really funny. <laughs> that, that would waste their time so much yeah um, we'd have to tell them afterwards yeah i'm just kidding this is not the solution to disregard what i just said <laughs> No, it's uh, yeah, definitely hmm. not. Um, but yeah, so like my last two points that I'll get into is um, how judgments happen. So how do you judge the things? Um, so again, system one is basically only there to like solve to survive type deal, but system two they describe it as it it deals with and creates questions so this is what i was saying i don't think for like our engineering purposes a lot of us like how do we solve this problem so Mm -hmm. we're like asking the questions um a lot of us think on system two a lot of the time sometimes you don't think that there's like no, I do think there's times where, where I'm like, this does not make sense. Yeah, but I also think there's, um, it, it depends on your your level of experience. Because if you experienced something very similar, it, you're going to jump to that. You're going to say, right. oh, well, I've seen this in the past. This is what it was. This is what it's got to be. And yeah, it's like, and, and but maybe oh, well, there was actually, it was a different material, like, there were different properties. Um, but you see something similar. A good example of that is um, how the older generation um, engineers, if, if you need a part to be made, they immediately think, like, injection molding, like, that, that's how it's done. Yeah. But nowadays, like, 3D printing has taken over with, like, especially printing like, farms. Metal, metal 3D printing. Metal 3D printers yeah. that you can literally, like, 
make anything that you did with injection molding. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they. I, I think it's I think it's just that in in general, like as you get older, you get more set in your ways, as people say, um, and the, I think you you use more of that system one brain because you've seen so much you've experienced so much you've categorized those things into oh this is uh polycarbonate so this is what's going to happen to it and if this happens then this is the answer if this happens then this is the answer it's like a, a pm schedule for for life like you're you're staying uh you you have basically a solution for so many different types of things that trying to get into that system two brain might be harder for you because you don't want to question what you've already learned in the past. Yeah. If, if you're really experienced, you could get on that flow state yeah. in engineering. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's when somebody that's younger or new comes in and they're trying to, you know, say, oh, well, have you looked at this? And you're probably in the back of your mind thinking, oh, my God, yes, of course we've tried that. Like, obviously. But maybe they give something else and you're like no i've never tried that but i don't know why we would like this is the answer yeah but maybe they maybe they have a different solution i i don't know but you're you're set on that system one oh this is this is right this is what i've seen in the past i wonder if any of them yeah. i don't know it's um it depends on like the style of the question or what the question is um because they uh the book describes also there's dealing with questions there's like easy questions like color of the sky mm -hmm. and there's hard questions like will the next president be a good president right um so there's easy and hard questions but unfortunately not unfortunately it helps us in certain situations but um when a hard question comes up your system one kind of wants to solve it because your system two is lazy right right yes <coughs> so um for example an example is um you're interviewing a candidate for an engineering role um and the question you should be asking is will this candidate succeed in the role but the question your system one changes it to is, hey, um, does she interview well? Generally, if do you think she interviews well, you're like, yeah, great interview. Like we should hire her. Doesn't that doesn't answer the original question at all? Mm -hmm. It's far from. Well, I think that goes back to the Google interview questions of they want to see how you think. They don't care if you get. A bunch, if you've memorized a bunch of facts or whatever, like they, yeah. they want to see how you think. And if you can think properly, you'll succeed in this role. Yeah, but that's Google doing a good job. But um, like us, like if we would hire people, it's, it's not just, it's for all the hard questions. This is just the, the example that I wrote down is mm -hmm. instead of answering the hard question, we substitute an easier alternative to it yeah which is something similar so hmm. um it basically like it the system one creates a fictitious question that doesn't answer uh, the true question the, the true question 
I'll, I'll try and think of another example that they gave, but, um, yeah, it's like, um, well, let's, let's, like, take the president, let's just take a, the president, like, Trump, for example, like, was he a good president, or was he presidential, and either way, um, I feel like you could say, you know, will the next president be good? Yeah. And then break that down. Uh, maybe no, no, you're... That's, that's perfect. Let's go with, will the next president be good? And then, like, your brain will go, like, um, yeah, he speaks well. I've seen him, like, walk across the thing. But uh, you don't take into consideration that he has, like, history of corruption or something like that. Right. So, like, your brain just fills in, like, yeah, he, like, speaks well, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, will he be a good president? And then, uh, like, do his policies align with mine? Like, if you like everything a president says before the election of, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 they can say whatever they want as to what they're going to do. But does that mean that they're actually going to be a great president? a good president a great president a bad president i don't know but it's it's a completely different question of okay my my his policies align with my views so i think he's gonna be a good president yeah i don't think that's the same I th- question i think like if we break it down like a little more easy to understand if we take but will he be a good president um and your brain asks is he friendly is he courteous? Mm. Is he something else? Right. But like being friendly, being courteous, or like being helpful doesn't mean you're going to be a good president. Right. You, you need to, you need to be able to organize. You need to be able to influence. You need to be able to make decisions. Those are all things that would make a good president. Right. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. Because um, it's not answering the true question. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I want to. I want to go into a little bit more into like the organizational uh, piece (laughs) because I mean, our books like a lot of the things that you've said has been in this book. But like I said, there's two sides to it, and it's a little bit all over the place. Like some of the things is just your brain tricks you. What does that have to do with? Okay, I need to be organized. Like some of it's a little bit all over the place. But I like how we've had a lot of the same studies and. Very, yeah. very similar things. Um, but I think people will benefit from uh, some of these habits. Uh, so... Yeah, let's shoot. Yeah, one thing... Uh, 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 yeah, we talked about beliefs and what we believe in. Um, chunking. Uh, so segmenting your tasks into uh, things that have a well-defined beginning and end. So, oh, I need to... Uh, write this essay and have it completed okay you have a you have a beginning and an end but you can chunk that into uh i need an introduction i need a conclusion i need uh like a topic for uh uh, for my first paragraph for my second paragraph for my third paragraph, whatever so you can chunk that into different things in order to organize how you're gonna do a large a large task because uh, oh it's uh how do you eat an elephant what? How do you eat an elephant? 
I've never heard that. Piece by piece. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a South African phrase. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that the, um, the reference range true. Like you want to take it, like if you say eating an elephant impossible task. it's a, an impossible task there's so so much to do like i could never do that and some people like shut down i know i do like, if i see something that's really overwhelming and there's a lot to do i'm just like nope 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 shut down and procrastinate and put it off but if you can try to segment those into smaller tasks i think you'll be a lot better off if you say i need to clean the house okay well i need to do the dishes mm. That goes back to Jordan Peterson too. Remember? Yeah. Where it's like, um, just start with something small mm-hmm. and then just keep going. <laughs> yeah, just just keep going from there. I mean, yeah. I, I think once once people build up momentum in anything, like they just they're good to go. Like yeah. you you can you can say, oh, it's really hard to wake up and go to the gym in the morning, but once you get to the gym, I. I highly doubt there's a lot of people out there that say, go back let home. me go back home. <laughs> let, me, let me go uh, back and like, it's sleep another yeah, hour. I'm, I'm done. It, I'm done for the day. Like that was enough. Um, <laughs> but most people they're up. Okay. Well, day started. Let's go. And uh, <coughs> same, same thing with this, like start with your introduction and then I'm sure like more things will just come mm-hmm. um, from that other thing. Uh, like uh, sleeping, was a big thing that that they talked about um uh where they another thing that google does is they have nap like centers so they have nap stations where people can go and take a nap during the day while they're at work um and in here they say that 15 minutes a a 15 minute nap can make up for an hour and a half of missed sleep the night before a 15 minute nap 15 that's one five crazy yeah i i was like there's there's no way that because they say that like making up sleep is impossible like you can't uh sleep an hour less the night before and then an hour more the night after but they say that 15 minute nap can make up for an hour and a half of missed sleep the night before that's super interesting did they say like why or is it just um what are they was it like was the study done? Do you remember? It was... I mean, it was basically, like, like why how, ever... How do you quantify that? I I don't know. I think it's I think it's because of, like... It definitely has to do with the sleep cycle in general, and that's why people say take a 15-minute nap, not a three-hour nap, because... Or, like, when you wake up in the morning and snooze your alarm, and then you go back to sleep for five minutes, like, and you wake up five minutes later, and you're more tired than you were mm. when you just snoozed it um like it has to do with the sleep cycle and where you're at and just before getting to REM sleep you wake up and that's that's when your body's like most refreshed before you get into that deep sleep um you know so what we should do what we should get Andrew Huberman on here too <laughs> <laughs> yeah Andrew Huberman come on we want to have you on here uh big fans uh, describe sleep and yeah. 15 minute naps <laughs> yeah please please we want to know more um we'd love to have you on here um I think Martin would have to come if, if we had Andrew Huberman on here, we'd have to invite Martin too. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know all, they didn't like go super into detail or maybe I just missed it. Um, but I, that, that was something that just stuck out in my head and I was like, there's, there's no way, 
but a 15 minute nap they just uh, take a 15 minute nap wake up you'll be more refreshed ready to go um i think they call it like bimodo sleep schedule um basically you uh um you go to sleep for a short amount of time and then wake up and go to sleep for a short amount of time wake up go to sleep for a short amount of time wake up and just kind of continue that and people will be like up during the middle of the night but then they'll take a short nap and then wake up and continue on with their day and they say it's, it's great for brain function i i, I don't I think i could do more it. accessible so like, like every normal nine to five yeah well rich dad poor dad said that we should quit so quit we, our jobs. yeah quit our jobs oh, right, so right. that we don't have to do a nine to five and then we can take 15 minute naps and then our brains will be better and then we'll be rich and then we'll have be more organized and then we'll have habits of effective people and boom we just connected all three books in one episode and yeah so we're gonna go and quit tomorrow (laughs) just kidding um uh another thing uh i know these are kind of all over the place um but one of them maybe maybe hits home uh filing when if you have folders um and we talked about categorization and how people categorize things uh naturally so when i said bat a bird like it has wings i think bird but obviously i know a bat is not a bird but if you said like um oh i saw a pigeon flying the other day that that could be true if you replaced pigeon with cardinal or um uh like a ge- goose or a sparrow or something and but if you said i saw a kangaroo flying the other day like that doesn't make any sense yeah. um so those kind of categorizations um but if you have folders that you constantly like mess up they say it's best to change use colors and color code those folders so maybe it it brings a new um new connection to that fault to that folder so instead of a name maybe they're named similar but one's blue and one's orange two very different colors and then you can use like that association okay to help to help find things if you're if you constantly go into one folder but you mean to go in the other I see. That's literally more like practical advice. Yes. Like there's a lot of just practical advice in here. Nice. Um, uh, And it's basically, it goes back to the decisions. Um, It minimizes the amount of thoughts that you actually need to have in order to find your, uh, our podcast. Like if we need to look back and find the, uh, find the audio file, we need to organize it so that, oh, I say, audio file from episode three like boom 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 we're easily there but i don't need to think about it i'm just automatically there same thing with like if you have bookmarks on your on your browser or something it's just it's right there you don't need to think oh what was it http dash whenever i open my browsers bam bam i'm just like my two emails pop up like immediately yeah it's i don't even think about it it's like a habit yeah exactly um uh another thing was speaking of emails um, is setting aside time where uh, I actually think Maxim, uh, Maxim and Martin both do this or did this at, at one point. Um, they set aside time to snooze all of their notifications or not snooze, um, uh, like turn, turn off all of your notifications. So you don't get any messages from your coworkers. You don't get any emails. Well, you get them, but you don't get a ding like notification because it sets off something in your mind that says i need to go do this i need to go answer this oh it'll only take a second let me just go let me just go do this real quick but 
now you're multitasking. Now you're switching on and off between what you're focused on and what you're what what newly just shifted your focus. Okay, okay. So to clarify, it's you put like literally set a, a, an hour or so of your day. Like let's say it's from four to five p.m. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, your notifications go on silent. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing at that time, there's no distractions. Yep. Hmm. So I've never thought of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they they at least did this um, in the past. Um, I don't know if they still do, but um, but I think that would be really good to implement. Um, where you just you turn off all of your notifications and say. Okay, I need to focus on this for an hour. I got my headphones on and music going. Nobody bother me. It's a little bit tougher in our situation because we're we're in like a open space office and people are like, oh, like hey, help, help I, I need, need help with this yeah. or do you have a second? But um, but if you don't have that situation and you're able to you know put on headphones, mute your notifications. If your notifications don't come through, no one's gonna come bother you. Um, then I highly recommend that. Um, for someone that kind of struggles because we're in we're in such a day and age where everything is so easily accessible and like and you everything get everything is important everything is important <laughs> but as we learned from Stephen Covey that not everything is yeah. urgent there's imper- important not urgent important and urgent and some things just aren't important which we had a whole discussion about in episode one so go check that out um, but everything's so easily accessible like someone sends you a text and for some reason, it's rude to to not respond. Like you think, oh, I have to respond, otherwise they're gonna, you know, they're gonna think I'm ignoring them or they're yeah, I'm mad at them. Blue tick them or whatever. A what? Blue tick. Oh, that's a WhatsApp reference. Oh, <laughs> what is For that? For all the international listeners. <laughs> <laughs> is that like you've read it? And, yeah, read yeah. receipts. Um, yeah, like I think that's that's ridiculous. Like if I'm if I'm not answering, I'm just I'm just busy with other things. Like I, I I'm focused on something and I don't really wanna. Uh, get distracted from that because I'm in that executive mode. Like I'm, yeah. I, I'm working on something, um, but I'll get back to it. Um, so I, I think that's really good. And uh, they also say about um, setting email times. So I'm only going to be answer emails from 9 a.m. or uh, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. I'm not every everything else. I'm not answering my emails. So if you want to reach me they say um, I feel like that really depends on what work environment you are at I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's definitely ones where like their whole job is emails it's like they, they can't do that um, but I also think there's a lot of times where I get emails and I put everything on the back burner and I lose my train of thought and I have to try to I have to try to refocus now I have to go back okay what was I working on and I'm I'm draining those those thoughts like i'm i'm thinking really hard about what was i working on yeah Yeah. the glucose (laughs) i'm losing i'm using using all my sugar (laughs) i'm just gonna start drinking sugar water at work when (laughs) when i get an email i'm just gonna chug sugar water (laughs) um but they like if you can set aside email time and only do it two to three times a day so you check in the morning you check um uh you check at lunch and you check at in at the very end of the day I'm sure that whatever it was in that three-hour window yeah. could probably wait. Could probably wait. Yeah. Um, so setting a time aside that time to yourself is is uh, is pretty critical. Um, what else? That was a big one, though. That was that was a really good one. I think that was a good conversation. 
Um, but the thing is about that is you can literally like at least in our work environments and what I've worked before, like people won't care if you put it on your own calendar. Say, hey, this is email time. Yeah. And people will become aware of this is your email time. So yeah, at least the people who work with you would know. Okay, like you check his emails here. I'm not gonna harass him. Yeah. To get this done, I because I know he's gonna do it at like 1 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, and people will become accustomed to that. Like yeah, I don't even think you need I'm to put it on like your calendar. You can just like not answer and then noon rolls around or 1 p.m. rolls around and you you send out all your emails and that's every single day people are going to say yeah oh well okay i i see i see what he's doing here um the other thing that it says is to set up a uh another email account this seems a bit extreme to me but set up another email account that if it's important like super important and urgent um send it to that email and I will respond. That one I will have my notifications on. Or like, uh, like I'll tell people, don't text me, call me. If it's important, call me. Cause yeah. I, I'm way more likely to answer a call, especially like if I'm at work and someone calls me because I tell people like, I'm working, yeah. don't bother me at don't work. Me, yeah. um, if you text me, I'm probably not answering till six or seven. Um, uh, so it, if you set up a, another email account and say, this is for, important stuff only if if you need something from me right then and there email me so i think those are i think those are super helpful and if you need that focus time and don't get it any other time or keep constantly getting interrupted from from tasks maybe that's something to do um uh another thing that hit home for me was uh being organized and being neat are not the same things yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> and it's it's always like a, like a struggle if you're like in a college dorm. Like you can be so organized, but it doesn't look neat to someone else because their method of organization might be a little different. Not what I was getting at, but it's a <laughs> it's an interesting point of uh like I have my organizational system. I know that my blue laundry bag is for clean clothes and my other laundry basket is for dirty clothes yeah. but like you walk in and you're like i don't know <laughs> dumb um so but it's like i know where things are but someone else walks in and they have, would have no idea um but what i was saying was so you have uh someone coming to your office and you need to clean up drawer clothes you just cleaned your desk. It looks neat. It's not organized. It's just neat. So if you don't actually have a place and categorized things, then it's just neat. It just looks good for the time being. But in reality, you just made a junk drawer. Yeah. And how many of those have you made from the last visit and the visit before that, the visit before that, and then it becomes chaos. So then you have six drunk drawers, no categorizational system, and it just, your desk looks nice though. Yeah, your desk always nice. looks nice. Yeah, it's it's not organized though. Um, so that one that one hits hits pretty uh, hard, especially for the example of you know people are coming over, clean 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 clean. Oh, closet, everything goes in there. Oh, drawers, everything goes in there, and you just hide everything and say, oh yeah, don't go in the office. It's kind of a mess right now. Everything piled up against the door. Like you open it, everything comes crashing down. Um, like it looks neat, but it's not organized at all. Yeah. 
and then yeah i think that was oh um uh giving 10 minutes before a meeting to to plan so in if you're if your meeting's at one take 1250 go to your desk headphones whatever sit down focus time uh plan out what you need and then 10 minutes after review and write up a summary Mm, i don't do that (laughs) i don't either but i i think it's a really good tip um so it's a really good you you have a meeting while it's fresh in your mind go write it down what did i get from this what what was said what what was what were my uh missions that i need to complete or what were my goals that now i need or tasks that were given to me and then maybe check them with with somebody um and say this is what i got out of it is is this right um send it out and say uh, no like we have we have our um meeting summaries that we do as as a group and and send those out um used yeah (laughs) um so i think that's an important and it slows down the transitional period so you're not your brain isn't you know moving or changing tasks super super fast it's it's slowly easing its way into a transition and so you're going from oh i'm working on this excel to i have a meeting versus excel oh oh close close. gotta gotta grab everything go to my meeting like so sometimes that works out that way but other times you know it'd be probably good to to give some time before and one last uh uh uh, one last study that they did um, is there's such a thing as giving too much information, but people don't realize this. So oh my, definitely, dude. Oh like, my, <laughs> what is the term? Too long didn't read emails. Emails. Yeah. My man, dude. If someone sends you like an email and it's like this long, like I guarantee I'm not gonna read it. It's literally too long. There's there's an an acronym out there which is officially know too long and read yeah i mean that that's exactly what it is and people you know uh (laughs) yeah because i'll I'll send out an email and it had way too much information in it and then i get like a uh oh that's great wait but i said how bad it was (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay they read the subject and said this 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 and this and that sounds good um uh but yeah, there's there's such a thing as too much information, but I because agree. of the, the because of the day and age that we're in, or maybe it's just your your brain in general, you want all the information. You want to take in everything. And I think it was uh, Napoleon Hill said uh, from your book last week, like you need your um, oh, what were they called? That your different friends they have different uh, depths of knowledge or expertise in different areas so you don't need to have all the information yeah your counsel or something like that yeah i forget what the actual uh thing was um i'm trying to throw it back to all our books we got to keep bringing it back um, i forget his actual word for it yeah uh, disciples or something i don't know um but it's basically like your counsel that you like ask yeah but so (laughs) this uh, uh in this study they they had a a game and they were given different groups were given different amounts of information so one group was given five pieces of information another piece another group was 10 to 12 pieces of information another group 15 to 20 pieces of information another group 20 to 25 pieces of information so all of them had more and more information and uh i don't i don't remember exactly what the game 
was or what the point of it was, but they said that the 10 to 12 pieces of information group performed best out of all those groups. So it was kind of like what middle of the road. What is a piece of information? So like maybe a sentence or a paragraph. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't explain. Ten to Twelve is um, a lot of paragraphs. But it could. It was like uh, probably like, oh, her shirt was blue and her hair was blonde and her eyes were blue and her uh, she was wearing heels and uh, mm. and uh, she was with a guy named John and he was wearing a tie and they walked into the movie theater and all these different pieces of information. Um, like I said, I don't. I don't think they either. They didn't explain it or I didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't grasp it. Um, but the people with 10 to 12 pieces of information performed the best. The interesting part, though, is all of the groups, they, they said to them, how many of you would want more information? All of the groups said yes. Uh... Even They didn't know how they performed. But they all asked for more information. I see. Thinking that the more information they have, the, the better they're going to do. I see. In reality, the people who had less information performed better. Not the least, but less information. Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. So does that mean we should make our podcast shorter? Um, no, because we're full of knowledge and everyone should listen to every word <laughs> we're that we We're not normal. Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not normal. We, uh, we like to blur the lines. Yeah. <laughs> um... But I think I think that was good. I just wanted to hit on some of those practical tips. If anyone, uh, uh, you know, if you've made it this far, I hope that these tips were helpful for you. Um, yeah. But do I you have anything else? I think if you if you could actually apply them in life, it's, yeah. it's easy to listen to them and talk about them. But actually applying them um, would be good. Yeah. Um, obviously, these books are far deeper than what we have time to cover. Yeah. Um, so definitely, um, if there's any interest, go out, go read it. The links are below. Um, help us out too, at no extra cost. But um, the Amazon links are below. And uh, I w- there, there are some more topics here that I wish uh, we had time for, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, any you want to specifically hit on? Or? No, it's okay. No? okay. Um, go read the book. <laughs> go check it out. Um, you'll have a good time. But yeah, thanks. If you made it this far, please give a like, subscribe, tell your friends about us, tell your mom about us. <laughs> um, I apologize for my throat and the sickness, but it too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. Mind over matter. It'll be Mind all right. We'll, we'll, we'll be better in the next one, and we're better than we were yesterday. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, go check out my book. It was uh, Organized Mind, The Organized Mind uh, by Daniel Levitin. Um, very interesting read, uh, very interesting listen. Um, I think I think having the book would be would be helpful and beneficial. They do have um, uh, some of these studies in there um, that you know I only only got to listen to. But if you're if you're interested, go check it out. Like Yvonne said, uh, links are in the description. Um, yeah. Anything else before we before we let this uh, let these guys go? No. Go out and blur those lines. <laughs> blur those lines, baby. See you next week. And we're out. What's up, Blurbs? Again, thank you for joining us to the very end. If you made it this far, please follow us along on next week's episodes. We'll be tackling philosophy. I will be doing Plato's The Republic book series. Book 7, The Allegory of the Cave.
And I'll be doing A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Thank you again for joining us. And remember, stay curious, stay inspired, and blur the lines.